What did we learn from Ryan Day on Wednesday at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center? Let's get into it on the podcast daily for Thursday, which is when it is right now. That's mm-hmm. Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. So we covered the signing class. There, there may still be a lot of work or some work to do moving forward, certainly in the portal. But the roster management season, the coaching conversations, the Cotton Bowl, Devin Brown starting in it, all of that was also covered in a double intermission hour and a half long press conference with Ryan Day. Overdue and thankful that we got it. I uh, appreciate Ohio State and Ryan Day making that accommodation to get us the information that we need. So Bill, what did you leave with on Wednesday thinking about? Um, <laughs> a few things. I, still like no clarity, I think, on a couple of important players in terms of like bowl opt-ins, opt-outs, whichever way you want to frame it. Um, specifically, Trevion Henderson, JT Tulemola, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, was there another one? No. No. Is that it? Is those three? Yep. So Ryan Day like kind of said he was going to leave it up to those guys to make those announcements and was sort of vague when asked, like, are they he's like are they practicing? He's like, everyone's practicing. Which like hey, so everyone's at practice. Every, I was what I wanted to they, s- they keep using that word at, at practice. practice. And he said, hey, everyone's going to the game. Yeah. Like, I, I was that's what I was thinking. Like I learned how incredibly important words are deft these guys are at <laughs> ad- adapting. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, it's not a lie. To hear, <laughs> to hear the question and immediately know how to say the answer in a way that's not a lie, but it's not the truth. Yeah. Like that is that is a skill that I think takes time. You to have know. to you have to be so specific. Not not are they at practice? Are they participating in full pads? Because guess what? There's already evidence that that's not the case for Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. So like, which is not surprising. I think I think the Travion Henderson and JT Tuomolowau pieces of that are, are more interesting because those are not only Cotton Bowl specific, but I think 2024 uh, potentially impactful for that too for, for Ohio State as it tries to figure out exactly what its roster is going to look like. And I don't know that I was expecting a ton of clarity there because I, I sort of agree with Ryan Day that maybe it's not his place to make those announcements for players, even if decisions have been made and we don't know for sure that, that they have been or, or that they haven't. But um, those are still like two pretty big pieces that are lingering out there that we don't know about and probably – won't know about, I guess, at this point until we go to Dallas in a couple of days. So they have put together a list of players that are available next week during offensive and defensive media day. And some of these guys are not on it, like JT and Travion and Cade Stover. I'm told that they can be added. They have not. These players, Cade's, I think, is separate. It is more of an injury issue. Uh, that's my read on the situation. But for JT and Travion, until they got definitive word about their decision, they weren't going to include them on the media day list. We can't Shouldn't read that that means they're definitely not playing or are, aren't. Ohio State will add them once they are informed what those guys plan to do. So we have to, again, just like with Marvin, take them at their word. My call was the other one, Bill, but he wasn't, oh. Ryan Day was not asked about that specifically. Those are the guys that are out there that we don't know. And I think we probably will get more clarity. The way that this worked for the Rose Bowl two years ago, that they got there, it's like, okay, well, there's no more pretending. You get to watch practice. We get to watch practice again. We're going to see who's participating. Then you have the media day opportunities and to talk to the key players. Like, There will be a resolution for this soon. Yeah. And, I mean, I think for Devin Brown's sake, like it's more important to know what Travion Henderson is doing than for Travion Henderson maybe even because the way that game goes for Devin Brown is going to be of reliant in a lot of ways on who's in the backfield working with him as, as his primary weapon. So, uh, you know, those guys have decisions to make. We've all heard for weeks now that the likelihood or there's a belief anyway that JT and Travion are returning, but it's now December the 20th and I don't believe we've gotten any update from 
the NFL Draft Advisory Board, which I think is a little bit delayed or tardier than normal. So maybe that's playing a, a role in this. But those it's guys the twenty first, bro. The twenty first of December. <laughs> um, Sorry, my my apologies. I've been stuck in a time loop. That's what the graphic says right down here. Can't yeah. you see it? I do see it now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, basically. Uh, like, that's important. I mean, is because Ohio State, as we talked about it at length in snap judgments on Wednesday, like defensive line depth is going to be a problem and it's going to catch up to you at some point. So JT's availability moving forward is is a, like, you know, big flashing light in, in this program. Like, what does this mean? Yeah, so that's um, really starting with something that we don't necessarily know. Uh, and Ryan Day was, I think, a little evasive again. And I didn't expect it to really be any different about if there are coaching moves in the works for Ohio State, we have talked, uh, we've circled all month long the three that are in consideration or at least seem fairly obvious to be debated by Ohio State. Nothing has happened at this point and, and doesn't appear like it will until after the Cotton Bowl if it comes to uh, Parker Fleming remaining with Ohio State, Corey Dennis, who has a contract expiring uh, in January. And I believe that that situation is the same for Larry Johnson as well. Although Ryan Day was asked directly, uh, over the series of multiple questions about Larry Johnson, about defensive line recruiting, about JT and Jack, if he expected Larry Johnson back next year, and he said yes. He did. And I, I, I want to acknowledge the difficulty in making that decision, right? Especially as we talked about when, when recruits tend, and not only, not only recruits, like players on the roster, are so tied, I think, emotionally to a position coach as Larry Johnson's room is to him. It's a very delicate situation that, Ryan Day has to handle as such. Like he, I don't think he could just go up to the podium and say, like, see you later, Larry. Thanks for your years of service. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We're going to bring in a new defensive line coach. Like it has to be handled differently than that. And there probably needs to be for that position in particular some sort of transitional period, I think, where maybe Larry Johnson and another defensive line coach are on are on the staff at the same time, if not in a full-time assistance role, at least like it's clear where where that's going. So you can tell recruits that so you can tell guys who are on the roster. Um, but in the meantime, like Ryan Day can't get into all that nuance, I guess, at, at a press conference. So he has to say, like, Larry is definitely going to be back next year. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to hold him to that, and, and nor will I hold Larry Johnson to that if Larry decides a month from now that he'd like to hang up the whistle and go be a grandpa and, and enjoy his life. So um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, I, I think he was kind of put on the spot. Ryan Day wasn't had to answer it that way. I'm, yep. I'm a little more interested in what's going to happen with the Parker Fleming position and if Ryan Day is going to truly balance out a staff, because I think that's the most important thing here is is making sure offense and defense are, are resourced evenly. And at the moment, they're not, and I think that needs to change. There is a world where the Parker Fleming role can be used for a second defensive line coach. Uh, five months ago, six months ago, last week, would I have said that's the case? No, but I do think that there is an opportunity that James Laurinaitis could remain as a graduate assistant and stay at Ohio State. Now, there would have to be some other concessions made. Maybe that's financial. Maybe that's in terms of workload for him, not doing everything that a GA does. Um, but given his loyalty to the program, maybe a long-term view on eventually that's going to happen for him no matter what. Ohio State certainly wants James Laurinaitis as part of the program moving forward. The value is unquestioned in, in pretty much every single way. Maybe Ohio State has the flexibility to pursue something like a transition plan with a second defensive line coach. I don't know. I just, I'm just i seeing it more as a possibility than certainly I did a few days ago. Uh, we'll see what transpires there. I mean, that's 
something has to move at some point. How long was Brian Hartline on the staff before he became the full-time wide receiver? Three years? Two. Uh, no, two. I believe it was two. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, I think there's a there's a blueprint for how that can go for James Laurinaitis. We also, you know, when Jim Knowles assigned at Ohio State uh, two years ago, it was a two-year deal, right? So, mm-hmm. like, that's never been discussed. And, like, he's one of those names that we've heard about at A&M maybe being. I, I believe Jim Knowles signed was a, a three-year, three-year deal. deal yeah. So, I mean, he maybe maybe this is like the team option or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> like, it seems like Ohio State is, is very happy with the work he's done and wants to keep him as the the cog that moves the, the defense. So, now you have to give him the resources around him to make this a better group. And when you have a special teams, full-time special teams coordinator, that isn't really active on the recruiting front and isn't really doing much. I mean, he helps with safety play. He helps. And Parker Fleming does other things, but the title and the job could be much more satisfactorily deployed elsewhere. And I see no world where that move doesn't happen for Ohio State. And I, I understand people wanting it to happen now because of leading up signing day. But Ryan Day, and we joked about it on, on Wednesday mornings daily, like, He's not going to fire people for five days before Christmas. So, like, this is a conversation, I think. But now it's only four days until Christmas. I think Christmas. you will now. Wait until Christmas. With signing day over, <laughs> with the bowl game next Friday, I think you have a 10-day window here, eight, nine-day window, where there's going to be some tough conversations. It was 2021. You know, we found out that Matt Barnes was leaving uh, the Ohio State coaching staff in California, you know, the day of the Rose Bowl, right? So, yeah. like. I, I think that that's the timeline people should be operating under. And while it may be frustrating, it goes back to what I said on the snap judgments on Wednesday. Like, Ryan Day wants to win. He's not going to sit here and, and look at something that clearly doesn't fit what he's doing or what he wants and, and keep it. No, I think that that's a fair point. I, I believe I had a conversation with Matt Barnes the day before the Rose Bowl. And it was like, um, I'll talk to you after the game. And then he walked up. I remember we were in the tunnel and I was like, well, I, I already wrote that you were leaving. Yeah. And then he was like, I am. I'm going to Memphis. And I'm like, thanks for the confirmation. Um, we're good. <laughs> um, so those things did happen and everybody knows it because it is not. I, I'm firmly in the camp that that first move should have happened already. I, I don't agree with waiting until the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to wait till five days before Christmas. You could have done it 25 days before Christmas. I could have. And, mm-hmm. and the, the part of this that. Because the carousel spinning, not only does it impact who Ohio State could hire and pursue, but if you're trying to find other landing spots for, I don't know, a quarterback's coach that maybe you want to upgrade uh, or replace or whatever, like those those chairs are being grabbed up too. Like this game is played at an earlier time of the year than even two years ago, and I, I think it's, I personally believe just. A f- folly to put off something that's that's one of your favorite expressions, Burns. If it's like, going to happen eventually, it may as well happen now. And I, I think starting this month with that step maybe would have changed the way I viewed everything that happened this month. Maybe not. I like to think that it would because all I was saying earlier was urgency and maximizing opportunity. And I think that that's a specific one that Ohio State did not. Nothing can be done about it now. And they may well still make that move, and then hit a huge home run grand slam with the next tire, and and all of the angst that I was feeling, or maybe America was feeling, or Buckeye Nation, like, like, well, that was dumb. You just wasted a lot of time and energy on that. Maybe so. I make mistakes all the time, but I, I just, 
you the game has changed. We talked about that with recruiting. We talked about it with the transfer portal. That's true with the coaching staff. I think it's also true, however, that the brand of Ohio State is still big enough to a influence other opportunity other schools when they say, "Hey, I can bring in an assistant from Ohio State." Mm-hmm. Or B, when a, play, when a coach who may be comfortable in a, in a current situation is approached by Ohio State and says, hey, we have an opportunity. Like, there's only a couple brands in college football that I don't know that that window ever really closes for. Yeah, you're yeah. Pro- I would say Ohio State's one of them. You're, prob- I, I, you're probably right. I also think maybe the, the timeline is slightly different if you're looking for position coaches and not necessarily coordinators. And obviously if they move them off for Parker Fleming, they need a special teams coordinator, but as Austin has said multiple times, I think like there's that, one, that solution, his office is right over that there. That solution could come from in-house and you're not, you're not looking for a special teams coordinator on the open market necessarily. So if you're just looking for position coaches, I, I still would have liked to see more urgency, but I, I think the the coaching market is such that that's a little easier to be patient with that than it would be to go get like the best coordinator available. All right. You guys both make good points. I'll, I'll calm down. Okay. Um, the, so this is the first time that we've heard from Ryan Day about Devin Brown. The players, when we talked to them a week ago, that have watched him in practice were absolutely raving about that. Uh, it certainly feels like he's taking the opportunity to get these extra reps and, and be the unquestioned starter for the Cotton Bowl to heart and making the most of his own opportunities. Bill, what did you think of the evaluation that we got from Ryan Day? And, and, and I guess maybe the improvement from August until what they've seen in the last uh, 10 days or so in here. Yeah, he seemed excited and and encouraged by it, by it. I think it was it was interesting to me that he was asked like are you going to use this as an opportunity to play both Devin and Lincoln and he like he didn't say no, but he kind of said like this is Devin's this is Devin's show to run the offense to show us that we can that he can do it. Um he was quick to remind us all that it was close between Devin Brown and Kyle McCord initially when when they were trying to figure out who this team's starting quarterback was going to be. And and I think it's evident, like both in what Ryan Day has said at the podium, and I think in conversations we've we've had that Ryan Day has always believed Devin Brown has a lot of talent. Um, it's harnessing that talent and finding a level of consistency that that I think were the steps that that Devin needed to take. And whether that's just a couple of months of maturity or being free from the pressure of a quarterback competition and not always having to look over your shoulder it does seem like Devin has has found I I don't want to say like the necessary level of consistency but probably a better level of consistency than what he had um in the summer and and I just I just heard a thing on rivals like going back and looking through all of Devin's snaps from this year and there's a 72 snaps it's not a lot to go off of but there's some really encouraging stuff in there if you you break it down like snap by snap there's certainly there's some stuff you're like whoa that doesn't look very good but there's enough good there that that I think you can be excited about what this might look like for Devin Brown. And um, it seems like Ryan Day is approaching it with an open mind. And the fact that they have not gone out there and got a, a transfer portal quarterback to, to this point, it frankly seems a little unlikely that they're going to now with, with a lot of the you know most interesting options off the board that he is leaving the door open for Devin Brown to take this thing and, and run with it. And I think that's interesting. I, I talked to someone on Tuesday night about the growth in Devin Brown. And one, one of the key points that they brought up was that what you just said, like not having to worry about am I the starter or not seems to have like freed him from a little bit of the mental I'm going to try too hard thing that sometimes competitors get into. So um, it was they, they've been encouraged by what they've seen and they like the growth. And now the, the thing is, you see this growth in the last two weeks or the last four, four months. And that's what prevents you from like going after a Walker Howard, Will Howard, or someone like that, who maybe like Devin Brown's ceiling might be the same as Will Howard eventually. So like the question is, can he get there next year where Will Howard is now? Like so, that's the the calculus Ohio State's had to 
uh, think about as they've gone through this, but it's clear that Devin Brown, whether it's being healthy, whether it's not having to worry about a competition, whether it's just knowing that he's got the confidence of the coaching staff, like that seems like to have done some real positive things for him. And uh, for me, like as the recruiting guy, like uh, I see the starting quarterback at Ohio State on Wednesday when Jeremiah Smith makes his announcement, immediately tweeting out zone six at that moment. Like that, uh, that says something different to me. That's a kid who, who understands the moment and is trying to rally people around him. And I, that goes a long way in college football. Yeah, that, I think that part of the, the leadership equation, we've said that many times, that you cannot question the competitiveness or the way that he rallies around teammates. It, it's, it's not the only way that you can play quarterback, though. So why did that not set him apart in August? Because of the consistency that Bill was talking about there, because of things that we've mentioned before with, with physical development. And then maybe some of that was happening in October, and that was derailed by injury. Like, not every track is going to be the same yeah, and if, i think that's a key point like we it looked like the the goal was to keep ramping up the usage of devin brown in the season when it seemed like it was obvious that common cord was not taking the step up and then devin brown gets hurt and then it's like oh crap mm-hmm. now this plan yeah. is derailed certainly it's certainly worth keeping all that in mind and and that would plays into ohio state's portal decisions at quarterback specifically is there any other position that you believe remains a priority? Uh, we asked Ryan Day. He did not give the public wish list. Um, we're, we're piecing some of that together based on the visits, defensive tackle and linebacker, safety. safety. Um, and then the numbers game that Ohio State, the, the floating target right now is there 83-84, so they needed those 14. We, we've made that point clear. Maybe the national narrative can adjust as well to recognize <laughs> that uh, Ohio State didn't have a culture problem because of the number of people that were in the portal, but um, that's neither here nor there. The amount of opportunities currently for them to add to the roster are still relatively limited, so they still have to remain targeted. It cannot just be aggressive firing a machine gun at everybody in the portal. Well, this week, because it's about signing day, like I do think that the loss of Jeremiah Smith and the potential for Demarion Witten to maybe evolve into a wide receiver as opposed to a tight end. Jeremiah McClellan. Jeremiah McClellan, I'm sorry. Um, you got, got everybody out here. Just, all the Jeremiahs. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the bull, Jeremiah McClellan, his f- decision to sign with Oregon opens the door for Demarion Witten at wide receiver potentially. And I think Ohio State was going to be okay at tight end and decide not to go after a veteran tight end in the portal. And maybe this will change that a little bit because you still don't know exactly what G. Scott's doing with his future. He's going to play and obviously be sort of TE1 probably in, in the Cotton Bowl, but you don't know what that means long-term long for him. Uh, Bennett Christian, when he gets back from the uh, suspended list, like is he going to be able to step up and contribute? Like I, I think you may need a tight end now when maybe you didn't think it before. Yeah, I th- the tight end was one that like I had kind of circled in pencil depending on what happened. I, th- I think that linebacker clearly and defensive tackle and safety are, are more urgent at the moment of those three probably linebacker I, I, I don't know they, they're not going out and like welcoming in every single linebacker that's available I know they, they brought the kid from Cal in and like Tacka Curtis is in the portal and I don't I don't know what they'll do there but um with Cody Simon back like that other spot I think is still like a little nebulous only because like 
I don't know, is CJ Hicks going to play like rush end instead yeah. of linebacker? But you also it, don't know if, if Mitchell Melton is going to be a linebacker or yeah. Farvel Reese is. So. Or if Sonny Styles is. Sonny, Sonny Styles, but yeah. That's, but that's yeah. where the safety becomes an important right. piece because parts, you so. don't know what Lathan Ransom's decision is. So if you lose Lathan Ransom, it makes it hard to move Sonny Styles. Mm-hmm. But if you get Lathan Ransom back and you bring in another safety from the portal, it makes it pretty easy to move Sonny Styles if that's where his heart ends up leading him. So, like, there's still. The Buckeyes are in this weird purgatory, I think, roster-wise, where, like, we go back to the start of the show. You don't know if you need a defensive end in the portal because we don't know what JT Tumalala and Jack Sawyer are doing. So, like, When does the portal close? Uh, January 3rd. Yeah. Uh, but those guys can... Tentatively, then the playoff teams have another extension. But those guys also have until January 15th. So, so you just induced about- Dallas Turner to come here, then, after Alabama's done. Of course. Yeah. Mission accomplished. There you go. No, it is. It is. Caleb Downs, come Caleb on down. Caleb Downs, come, come home. It is, it is tough, like, and it's not because they're all the guys that Ohio State is waiting on are, like, guys they definitely want to come back and play for this team. It's not like, oh. It's there true. are not JT Tuimolo's in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah right, right. And right. there's not a Tyleek Williams in the transfer And there's portal. not guys yeah. that are they're waiting for that they are like, please leave, please leave, please yeah. leave. Like, you're not going to get better players in high school or in the portal than those guys for next year. So, like, it's it's a weird purgatory that I'm sure Ryan Day, like, you asked him on Wednesday about the calendar. Like, I want coaches to stand up and say, this calendar sucks and we need to change it. I understand his point is there's always unintended consequences, but it still sucks and you need to change it. Yeah. yeah. But I think they know that it opens up another can of worms. Like, they thought they were solving an issue that really didn't need to be fixed, letting kids sign early. And here you go, do it in December. And that changed everything for college football. And if they do that again, and they do it in August, yeah, but then they, they threw the April, portal on it. I know. Then they I, threw, I, I get it. I, I get it. I made that the expanded playoff on it. Let, like, just keep. Oh, I can't wait till next year. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, You're they probably three games in December. But they probably wouldn't. Like the way the way the NCAA adjusted last time, they added December. They never removed February, which would have, you know, solved some of this. It would have at least narrowed the focus, and then there's none of the the shenanigans afterwards. But if I assume the way that the NCAA operates is like, well, now we're going to have February, we're going to have December, and guess what? Now you can also sign on August first. Yeah, Great. Let's, let's mm-hmm. not do that, please. I, that's but that's August the risk 1st, of a move. August first, February first. It's very simple. Well, it's very simple. So is not expanding to a twelve-team playoff, but they botched August that too. August first, so. February first. If your head coach leaves, you can be released. Other than that, you're stuck. Once you sign in August, you shall be released. That's it. And that's the end of the podcast daily for Thursday morning as well. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us on the podcast. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We've got a lot more coming as we get ready to head down to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Ryan Day and the Buckeyes against Missouri a week from Friday night. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.